Good morning, Abundant Life. Man, it's a pleasure to be here this morning. Um, we're bringing back one of our traditions that we've been doing as leaders for the past 20 years plus, and that is kind of giving a state of the LCF, what God is saying and doing through the leadership team and kind of highlighting some ministries. Um, so I just want to say um, all the elders and pastors won't be up here, but I want to recognize um, Pastor Toby, uh, Elder Rocky, Elder Carlton, Elder Zeke, Pastor Emmanuel, and Pastor Eric. Uh, we will be speaking on behalf of them. And um, when I just thought about that, I, that order I did it in with Toby being first, I don't know if I'm going age or beauty, but, <laughs> but I'm sure Toby's the winner of both. So. <laughs> So the way the flow is going to go today, I'm going to start off and I'm going to talk about our DNA, um, who we are as Abundant Life, and Sanjay's going to follow up and go on a deeper dive with our core values, and then John will come up and talk about discipleship. Our show is going to talk about a time of prayer and a call to prayer, and then Sanjay's going to come back and close with a call of action. Does that sound good? Now look, um, we might go over time just a tad bit, so can I... Throw out the grace card. Uh, we need grace. Um, we know it's the first Sunday, but if you're a 49er faithful, we don't play until Monday. So we don't really care about the other teams. And uh, the rest of you, just renew your mind and come on over and be a 49er faithful. <laughs> Carlton is looking at me with some mean look right now. That brother needs deliverance. He's a Raider fan. <laughs> couple more deliverance. That's okay. I want to focus on our 26-year history and how we started its humble beginnings in Saratoga, moved to Coverly. From there, we moved to O'Brien, and now we're here at Leghorn. But one of the things that I like to focus on best is that this is a 26-year history. Our church is grounded in a lot of history, a lot of ministries. We've touched a lot of lives. But what has remained constant is who we are, our DNA. And that's what I want to focus on briefly. Um, it's also found on the web, so you can find this on the web. But I actually want to read um, all of the eight descriptives of who we are. The first one is we are a non-denominational church that will encourage fellowship and unity among all believers, regardless of denominational affiliations. And that's taken out of Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. Secondly, we are an evangelistic church that spreads the good news of Jesus Christ by every means at our disposal, Matthews 28, 18 through 20. We're also a spirit-filled church that relies on the Holy Spirit to make us effective in all our ministry and witness for Christ, found in Acts 1, 8 and Ephesians 5, 18. We're also a spirit-led church that welcomes the orderly exercise of all spiritual gifts which exalt Christ and edifies the church. 1 Corinthians 14 and 26, also found in 1 Peter 4.10. We are a consecrated church that yields to the Holy Spirit as he works in us to cultivate godliness and disciplined living, found in Galatians 5.22 and 23, 2 Corinthians 7.1. And we are a loving church that recognizes love as an essential ingredient in the life of every believer, 1 Corinthians 13. The seventh principle is that we are a giving church that acknowledges Christ's lordship over all that we have, including our money, talent, and our treasures, Proverbs 3 and 9. And we're also a praising church that joyfully exalts the Lord through singing and other expressions of worship and praise, Psalms 104, verses 4 through 5. To sum that up, to sum up that DNA, you can honestly say that we are a church that wants to accommodate the unchurch. We want unity rather than uniformity. We believe in winning the loss at all costs, Acts 1 and 8, teachings God's word in a plain and practical way. And we're very considerate of all racial, generational, and social economic groups, Revelation 7 9. Lastly, we always want to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, that's our DNA. That's, that's who we are. That will never change. That is our core, which makes us abundant life. And it's been expressed, and I'm only going to mention some few ministries that 
these principles have been expressed, and I'm glad Toby sent this to me. Listen to this. Monthly, every month, our Bridge Recovery Group meets with at least 12 volunteers that touch the lives of 125 people every month that are recovering from all forms of addiction. We also have a vibrant jail ministry that is reaching out in the Santa Clara and San Mateo counties, as, as well as in Vacaville. We have a bi-monthly homeless ministry that is offering food, clothing, and the love of Christ to the homeless here in the Bay Area, in the streets, and in the shelters. We have a um, kids club that our sister um, Rosemary uh, is kicking off again that touches the lives of the Brentwood Academy, these kids in East Palo Alto. Remember, we have never, ever lost our roots. That's where we started in East Palo Alto and Saratoga. And so we're still beginning, we're still continuing to ministry to the folks in East Palo Alto. And then lastly, we um, just heard about our Hawaiian praise team. Oh, wow, I would love to go with them, but I can't. They are going to be doing some godly work. They're going to be hitting the shelters and the rest homes, and they will be spreading the good news there. These are just some of the highlights of how you, Abundant Life, continue to bless the Bay Area. Now, before I have Sanjay come up, I want to also mention that we're going to kick off a great series called... Um, the Nehemiah Project, and that's going to be taught by Pastor Emmanuel and Pastor John. And one of the things we're going to do is our show is going to go into deeper dive is call us all to a call of prayer. And the main point that we want to emphasize is kingdom living and kingdom building. Come on up, Sanjay. Morning, Abundant Life. We used to do these sort of, you know, you'd say, what is the state? It's good to, by the way, see so many of you today. It must be the beginning of the fall uh, and everyone's back. Uh, we used to do these sort of state of the union, very similar to what you hear in January, um, if you follow the president, uh, five, four, five years ago. And um, uh, we thought it would be good to do that again. Um, and that's what this service is about, state of ELCF. Um, several of you are going to hear things that you would probably say, well, we've heard this before if you've been here 15, 20 years. Uh, and I think back to if you ask Jesus, what's the vision of where we're going? He'd point you to Matthew 5 and say, blessed are the poor in spirit, uh, for there's the kingdom of heaven. And you'd say, Jesus, I've heard that before. Well, you know, the word of God is the true yesterday, today, and forever. And some of these things we just need to hear over and over again. At the same time, there's some folks who've joined us in the last four or five years who need to hear for a fresh uh, who we are, what we stand for, and where we're going. It's very important that we reinforce that. Uh, we figured it's good to do this in the early part of the fall. People are back for school. And that's really what we're trying to do here. The other thing that's different is you're going to see today um, the working together of a team. Uh, the working together of a team. That's new uh, for us as we uh, work together. And, and you see this, you know, today. Sometimes there are sports teams with a, a famous athlete. Sometimes they're the Golden State Warriors that just win with a team, right? We saw that last year. And that's what the Lord wants to do in this season, uh, is to build us into a body where at the end of the day, when we see what the Lord did in the apostles in, in Acts, it was building that teamwork, building the teamwork of leadership among elders and pastors. And that's a very, very special thing when it happens, building teamwork among the body. So that's really what we're trying to do today. And I, I thought if we bring up this first chart, I tweaked our, we have this tagline that's on our website, right, that says an, an exciting fellowship uh, of growing believers. And uh, I tweaked it a little bit, uh, just so that, not because I'm trying to train the da tagline, but one of the things that attracted me to Abundant Life 15 years ago was our diversity. Uh, we are a diverse church that's Bible-believing. When you put those together, it's amazing. There are a lot of diverse churches, not all of them preach the full gospel of the Bible. There are many Bible churches, Bible, strong Bible-believing churches that don't have the diversity that we have. Just look around you, okay? You'll find African-Americans, Caucasians, Asian-Americans, Latinas. You may even find a few Indians. We got a few Indians here? Come on, raise your hand if you're Indian. I'm praying for revival. All right, there we go. There's a, there's a half a million Indians in, uh, in the Bay Area. And uh, we're kind of like curry powder. We can just integrate into any society. You can have curry chicken. You can have curry lamb, vegetarian curry, you know. So I'm praying for more Indians also that can come into the church. But that's the amazing thing. That's very, very rare 
Uh, and you'll see that's the first thing, and that's, um, it's a very, very special aspect of what's been our culture and our history, and we've got to celebrate the fact that when we get to heaven, the, the, the Word of God says, Greek, Jew, and Scythian, and Barbarian. And you think about those last words. The barbarians were the folks who were considered the lowest of society. And the Scythians were the ones who thought the barbarians were the worst of society. And all of them could come together with the Greek and the Jews. And that's what the Lord is doing. And I'm just... Um, and when I thought about the four things that I wanted to talk about today, very briefly, and you're going to hear each of us speak for about 10 minutes each, and then we're going to do 15 minutes of prayer and then and wrap up. Um, I thought about worshiping God, growing in Christ, serving in the body, and reaching out. And then I went to our website, okay, and I saw the exact four things that were visible on our website and say, this is what this church has stood for for 25 plus years. And I want to talk about them very quickly. Now, when we think about worshiping God, uh, one of the things that first attracted me to this church was the amazing worship. Don't we have a great worship team? They're sitting up here. Um, they got a little soul in them. Okay, they mixing up. You know, you got Anton and now leading that worship team, and, and I just praise God for the way in which we enter into worship. But I want to reinforce something that's even deeper than what you hear on, a, on, on Sunday morning as you enter into worship. Our worship, the more important aspect of our worship, also needs to happen during the week. Amen. It's as important that we have church during the week. What we live through in our, our daily life, Monday through Saturday, prepares us who worship here. And Jesus says, as the Word of God says in, in Romans 12, present your bodies as a sacrifice. And that is the ultimate form of spiritual worship. So that's new. Often you will hear a lot about what, if you have this slide up here, what's the outside of the cup, right? And God said to Samuel, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So you look at this cup and you think it's beautiful. It's absolutely pristine. It's absolutely beautiful. Well, then let me show you the inside of the same cup. Let's go to the next chart. And this is what Jesus said can happen. We could be living a life that's completely deceitful during the week. And we think we're worshiping God. But Jesus says, you stupid Pharisees, clean the inside of the cup. And then the outside of the cup will be clean. So our focus, brothers and sisters of abundant life, needs to, to be the inside of the cup. And must be and will always be the inside of the cup. That's what you're going to hear at the pulpit here, where we preach the Word of God that's not just comforting, but it's also convicting. The worship of God is truly what we can experience during the week. That's really as important as what we worship here on a Sunday morning. Number two, growing in Christ. And I'm going to say certain things that you probably have heard, or maybe for the first time, uh, whether you're new or you've been here for a while. Now, here is in my hand, okay, I've got a bill got a $10 bill, and you look at it, and you think it's completely authentic, okay? What do you think about the, the backside of this bill? Okay? It's not authentic. So when we think about the Great Commission, we bring up the next chart. We all know this very, very well. Okay? In Matthew 28, it says, I've given you all authority in heaven and earth, therefore go. And we think the most important thing in that Great Commission is the baptizing and conversion experience. That's very important. But remember, that's one side of the bill. That's one side of that, uh, that currency. The other side that's probably just as important and more important than Jesus says is make disciples. Making disciples in all the nations. And so many churches focus on the coming in, the, the conversion experience. That's very important. We have an incredible reaching out ministry. But we want to be more than a preaching center, a church that focuses on disciples. And that's something that we're going to continue to press into. And how do we do that? We teach them to do what? The word's there. To obey. That's simple. We learn in our daily life, day by day, as we reach through the week. And when we do this, we have a great assurance that I am with you always to the end of the world. Okay, so I'm going to do something now that's an illustration of what we seek to do uh, at Abundant Life, of going from what I describe as milk to meet. And, and Eric's going to come up here and help me with this, okay? He's a, he's a willing, a willing uh, participant here. And I've got something that I'm going to force down Eric. Eric, come on, face the, face the, the wonderful congregation. <laughs> Eric, come on. I mean, this is, this is good milk, Eric. It's tasty. It's good. 
I mean, seriously. Come on, Eric. Why, why, why don't you want this? Sanji, I gave up milk over 45 years ago. Eric looks 30, but he's actually 45. Thank you, Eric. But, but since Eric has been such a, good, uh, such a good participant today, I've got you a sausage McMuffin, uh, and you can, have that, you can have that later. Okay? Now, now jokes aside, milk is important. But we have to be a church that continues to bring... And what is the meat here? You remember that verse? That, uh, let's bring up the next verse. Verse in, 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 first, in, in uh, Hebrews 5, 12 to 14. By this time, you ought to be teachers yourself. Yet here I find you needing someone to sit down with you. This is the message translation. And go over the basics on God again, starting from square ones. Baby's milk, when you should have been on solid food a long time ago. Milk is for, be for beginners, inexperienced in God ways. But solid food is for the mature. And this is what solid food is who have learned through practice, through obedience that we talked about, to have their senses trained to good and evil. And that's what we want to be about, about taking people and all of our brothers and sisters from milk to meat. Okay, number three. We've talked a lot about serving in the body and building the body of Christ so that this experience here is not like a restaurant. What's the difference in a restaurant? You come in, you taste the food, you can criticize the food, you can criticize the chef, and you can go to the, uh, another restaurant. What is criticizing the food in a church? Well, I didn't quite like that music. That song didn't really work for me, so I'm going to go to another church. I didn't really like the person who spoke this Sunday. We're a family. A family, you serve and you participate. You join in. You know, if you don't like it, you know, you may not have food the next day if I choose to criticize the food. Uh, I might be, uh, you know, eating somewhere else. But I choose to participate. I choose to help. I choose to become part of the cleaning all or whatever I can. And that's really this picture, if you look at this uh, picture here on this chart, of every one of us having a place in the body of Christ. That's a new type of revelation, as each of you can understand that you are called not just to be a person who comes in and comes out. When we were a big church, 6,000 plus, it was easy to get lost. Now, as we become closer as a family, the average church, I was doing some research yesterday, today, in the United States, is 50 people. Okay? average across the world, across the country. Okay? In many of the parts of the, the world I come from in India, you'd be lucky if you get 10 or 15 people in a home. Now, we're much larger than that, but our calling needs to be that we are a, a body of Christ, and we see in the next words, we bring that up here in 1 Corinthians 12. Each of you, you are, you, not just me, every one of you are the body of Christ, and every one of you is a part of it. Now, if I decide that I'm more important Okay, we've heard this a number of different times, as the, uh, you know, as the mouth or the voice or the eyes, then something that's just as important, the nail that helps me scratch, right? Um, that's not uh, what the, the experience is, and that's what we will and always will be, a body of Christ. And how do we do that? I'll bring up the next chart. In everything we do, we esteem the other more important than us. And that's what I hope you will see among us leaders. Uh, we are going to esteem everyone more important. We work together as a team, and that's the way. We need to be, as leaders, the ones who are the chief servants, just the same way that Jesus exemplified. And last but not least, number four, how can we continue to reach out? When we've done these things, when we reach out to others, uh, we become a sweet aroma. I believe our church needs to continue to be, if we bring up the next chart, a church that continues to throw out that red carpet welcome to every single newcomer. So those of you who are new, who came in and raised, those 10 or 15 of you that raised your hand this morning, I want you to know that you are welcome here. You are absolutely welcome here. And when you have an opportunity, every one of you who've been here 15, 20 years, when you meet somebody in your neighborhood, perhaps as somebody that you can share the gospel with, bring them in on a Sunday. Um, bring them in because they're going to hear the word of God in a very special way um, that can hopefully bless their lives. And this is what God told all the way to the Israelites. You need to be friends to strangers because you are strangers in Israel. And remember that if you, don't, if you can treat even the least of these people, um, your reward's rich in heaven. The other thing the church needs to be, uh, and this final chart, is a fortress. For those who've been here for a while, especially for those of you children, I talked about this last time, you need to feel that this church, irrespective, you think about all the bullying and the... Um, the, the uh, depression that goes on in society, it starts at a very young age. Whatever you're going through in school, 
Whatever happens in society, you've got to know that this place is a safe place. It's a fortress. It's a picture of heaven, right? When we get to heaven, we're going to be completely safe. It doesn't matter our ethnicity. It doesn't matter our socioeconomic uh, status in life. This place is a safe. It's built on a rock, and that's what we are going to stand for. Um, so I praise God for what he's doing. An abundant life, as you think through these, these four things, we get through a little later on in the service. I want every one of you... Uh, to reflect on how you can take these four things and make these a key part to how we continue to grow uh, as a body of Christ. And now I'm going to turn it over to John. Thank you, Sanjay. I was going to see if you had another sausage McMuffin in there, but I, don't, I actually don't see it. So, um, As Keith said, it, it's my real privilege to, to talk about discipleship. If you've been around for a while, you know that's no surprise. That is my passion. Not only mine, but I was, God led me here many years ago because that was really the passion and the DNA of who he was making Abundant Life Christian Fellowship. To be not only a, a, a growing, exciting, diverse fellowship of believers, but to be a diverse and exciting fellowship of disciples. A disciple is somebody who is following after Jesus, saying, Lord, where you are leading then I am following, wherever that is. A disciple is somebody who is saying, Lord, I want to become more and more like you, less and less of kind of my old self and more and more of my new self. And so when we talk about discipleship here, we're very intentional that that's what that means. And so we, you and I, should think of ourselves exactly as who Jesus describes us, as disciples. And as we do that, then we reflect his image more and more not only to our, those around us, but wherever we go, that fragrant aroma that Sanjay was just talking about, in your place of work and in your neighborhood and wherever God is leading you, that's our calling. But we as a church, we as a leadership body, need to be really deliberate about that. And so, as you know, when we talk about discipleship, we want to pattern it after what Jesus did. And when he called disciples, he didn't just give them a commission and say, okay, here's your assignment. You go off, you run around uh, Judea, you go up to Galilee, you go down to, you know, close to Egypt where it's a little bit hotter, and then report back to me. No, he said, we're going to do life together, and we're going to see the power of God together, and I'm going to teach you as we're in a community together. And so, as you know, he picked 12, and even within that 12, he had a group of three, and that's why we at Abundant Life pattern our discipleship after what we see in Scripture, that we get people into small groups, as we call them, four to six to 12 believers that are meeting in their community. This is where Jesus met, in the community. They were a little itinerant, but he met them in the community. And they are doing really kind of four things. When we look at scripture, we see that they are talking about the word of God together. They're actually opening up the word and they're expecting God to speak to them. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Who is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. Men and women, when you open up your Bible, do you see that as an encounter with the risen Christ? I hope so. That's what that is, an encounter with Jesus. And so when we're in a small group, we open up our Bible. Not to be all academic, but just to say, Lord, show me what you're going to teach me today. Help me to be your disciple. And then because we're together in a fellowship, we don't want to be just kind of any fellowship, just a club, Kiwanis Club or what have you. We want to be a loving fellowship. How will you know that you're my disciple, says Jesus, if you have love one for another? And so when we come together, we want to express that love by doing life together, by praying for one another, by encouraging one another, by being helpful to each other. These are the dynamics, these are the interrelational dynamics that you see in Scripture. This is what Paul is exhorting the Colossians and the Ephesians to be, forgiving one another. I'll tell you, one of the things that separates or distinguishes a, a a group of godly believers from just any old group is the practice of forgiveness. And so is that going on in your group? But we want you to experience that. We want you to grow in love for one another. We want you to open up the Word of God. We want you to be a light to your community. You know, this is a church, as Keith was saying, our DNA is East Palo Alto, and Rosemary Nola has a great work that she's overseeing at Kids Club. By the way, they still need some small group leaders, so if some of you guys have some time midweek, would you please see Rosemary? Rosemary, raise your hand. Um, she'll be in the lobby, uh, happy to talk to you afterwards. But, but this is a small group opportunity with kids, 
And, and if they get more leaders, they can get more kids. That's the kind of dynamic that God has. But this is a light that we're enabled to be in East Palo Alto. But you know what? We're a regional church. We still have people coming from Fremont, from Oakland, from South San Jose, from the Mid-Peninsula. Yeah, we have folks from Mountain View and from Palo Alto and from Sunnyvale. But we have historically drawn and we continue to draw from all around the Bay Area. And that means that God has some of you prepared to do a, a local work, something in your community where you are his light, where you, he's putting someone or some group on your heart that you can bless. We, one small group just had their, their first thing where they did uh, in Mellow Park Street Life, where they're preparing a meal, they're sharing that, and they're also able to present the gospel just in their local community. It's not a big abundant life thing. It's just one group of people saying, Lord, how can I be your light where you've placed us? And that's really powerful. And then finally, what we want to do as a small group is to provide spiritual care. And by that, you know, when Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, he said, we are like you, like a mother who cares for her children. We're like, we're, we were around you like a father who encourages and comforts and says, live lives in a manner worthy of God. So the leaders of our small groups are ones that are being trained and are experienced and just being alongside, saying, how you doing? How can I pray for you? That's spiritual care. Because we don't want anybody who comes here, who invests their time here to be lost or to be somehow saying, I miss the grace of God. I miss the encouragement. When I was going through hard times, somebody wasn't there for me. And so we're training up anybody who's leading not only a small group like a growth group, but our fellowship communities like our seniors called Oasis, our singles, our moms, time out, any of those kind of communities to make sure that we're providing a level of spiritual care. And you know what, in this past year, we've seen a lot of fruit from that. We're seeing more people participate. We have almost 30 small groups going, and we have just about over half the church involved in this kind of community that I've just been describing. So I give God praise for that on the, yeah, on the, on the front end. But I'm also very mindful and very invitational for some of you that don't yet have that level of connection, that don't have that kind of community, that are wondering, can they really have somebody like me? If they really knew who I was, would they even let me in the door? If they knew who I was, would, would they vote me off the island? If you kind of go back in reality TV. But the answer is no. Community is a come-as-you-are party. So if you're not in community yet, we want you to be there. Um, you know, when you're in a small group community and you're talking about being like Christ, one of the things that pretty quickly starts to happen is your heart becomes more like his heart. Your heart gets shaped more like a servant's heart. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give myself as a ransom for many. And so it's just sort of a correlation that when you're in small groups, when you're in these communities that I've been describing, pretty soon somebody says, hey, I'm serving the body this way. And somebody, says, somebody else says, that's really interesting. How can I get involved? And so out of that comes this heart of service. Look, it, Sanjay's just talked about being a place where we are welcoming folks. And every week we have the privilege of welcoming new folks that come. But, and we have a hospitality group that does that, and we have ushers, and we have greeters, and we have a visual media team that puts the slides up. And all these guys are volunteers. In this, in this place that we are as Abundant Life, we're not just going to add paid staff. That's not good stewardship. But we're going to call forth the gifts and the time and the talent that God has put into some of, you, some of you and say, join us in this mission. Join us in this calling. Please, when I, when I talk to the hospitality team, those guys work hard, for example. They get here early in the morning. They, the coffee that you see out there, they don't want necessarily relief as much as they want reinforcements. They're, they're like a fighting group. They're still loading up the gun and they're still shooting. They just need some more people to come and help them. Is that you? Look, God has put very specific things into each and every one of us, but he's a good investor. He wants a return on it. And there's a great opportunity to get a return here at Abundant Life. So with that servant's heart, serve one another. Look for a place to be a servant. You know, as you do, I think we're in such a strategic time here at Abundant Life. I think we've got, look at where we are. We're in the middle of Mountain View in an era where the world is literally coming here. They're coming to one of the top institutions at Stanford University. There are employees coming from around the world to work in all these high-tech areas. They can't get enough workers. Man, if you have a heart for missions, but you don't like to travel, good news. You don't have to go anywhere, but just stay in Mountain View because people are coming here. 
The question is, are we ready for them? The question is, do we see that the harvest is ripe? And that we are the workers that God is sending us to? Look, we are not a club just for our own membership. I praise God for everybody here, everybody who's serving, everybody that God is, is raising up and making a disciple. But guess what? It's not just for us. It's for the other next 100, next 200, next 500 that he's going to bring. He has blessed us with an amazing facility. He's blessed us with amazing gifts and talents, but he's looking for a return on it. Man, I hope this goes deep into each one of your hearts. Ask that question. Lord, how are you leading me? We as a leadership team are asking the very same thing. When we talk about the Nehemiah Project that Keith referenced, it's a teaching series that God has put on our heart because as you, if you know the story of Nehemiah, he was called to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem that had been torn down, that sacred place that God developed, uh, that God brought into being, yet they were torn down. But each of us has either a rebuild in our life or something that God is starting anew, just a from scratch building project. And in this, in this series, we will learn principles from the Nehemiah story, from that book of scripture about how to build or how to rebuild. And I want you as individuals to do that, you and your families, but we as a leadership team are also gonna be in prayer. Lord, how are you asking us to build now and going forward? You've placed us in Mountain View in 2015 and Lord willing in 2016, lead us, Jesus. Help us to follow where you're taking us. Let us be your disciples that you are so proud of that when the end comes, you can say, these were the guys. This was abundant life. They went through a lot, but they persevered. Man, I've, I've found some of my devotional time in Revelation, and it's both encouraging because he praises the church, but it's also sobering. Because he says to many of these churches, you're doing this right. But then he says, but you've lost your first love. You're doing this okay, but you're tolerating this kind of thing over here. Man, I want the Lord to say, you're doing this right, and you followed me steadfastly, purely, and with a whole heart. And the sobering thing for me is that the Lord is merciful, but he always exhorts them with a positive and a challenge. The positive, if you do this, you will walk with me in eternity. You'll be dressed in white. You'll have a new name which will be revealed. But if you don't, then I'll remove your lampstand. Now, he is long-suffering, and he is patient, and I never, ever, as a leader in this church, want us to get even close to anything like that. So I'm going to be like, Lord, lead me. Lord, let us be on our face. When we talk about prayer, we are on our face, and we're saying, Lord, lead us and guide us. When you have a family that, that he's blessed you with, or you've got a community that you're leading, you're on your face so that he would always, you would always be hearing him. And you've got to do that together. So I'm thankful that the Lord is leading us. I'm thankful for his call to us and his privilege to us as disciples. I know that the harvest is white. Will we be the laborers that we say, here I am, Lord, send me. And we will, will we do that together? I hope so. Thank you. Marshall. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Pastor John. You know, we have so much to praise the Lord for. You know, um, this very week I was, you know, you turn a TV set on, you think about the people in Syria. You look over in Europe and you see people fleeing the countries looking for a place to find refuge. And we have a freedoms to be able to declare the name of the Lord. How great is our God. But we need to pray. We need to press in. And I'm here to exhort you to press in. Just yesterday, I got a phone call. Keith was saying earlier, we're a church led by the Spirit. Can I be led by the Spirit? Amen. Just yesterday, I received a phone call at the end, late in the evening from a person um, who is a part of my Bible study group, who I love dearly, and who has a powerful testimony to share with you. Pastor John was saying the book of Revelations. I love the book of Revelations. I wish I could join BSF this year in the study in the book of Revelations. But there's a scripture that I love. It says, they overcame it by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And you know what, Alyssa? You got a powerful testimony. Come up. Welcome, Alyssa Picker. Alyssa Picker 
um, is a longtime member here at Abundant Life, and uh, I want her to share her story. Hello, everyone. It's so good to see you. I've been at Abundant Life for 20 years, which is hard to believe, but I know many of you and some of you not as well. Um, I just want to share a little bit, and I also have a video clip to show you that I hope will inspire you. Uh, not very long ago, on August 31st, I had a very a surprise happen for me, but not for the Lord, and I had a brain tumor removed. And I uh, I was in the hospital for two days, uh, one night in the ICU and one night in the regular room, and then they let me go, so that was quick, and I got to come home. 48 hours after my release, uh, my husband and I went to a Stanford soccer game uh, to watch that, and, you know, here I am, and I am uh, feeling great. I probably sound like myself to most of you. I know some of you have heard me speak uh, at BSS. Some of you have heard me speak here at Abundant Life but I am very much feeling like myself inside. Uh, there is definitely going to be some medical follow-up, and we will be aggressive with it, but you know what? The Lord knows exactly how many days are mine to have here and how many are not. He knows exactly. And so while we will be aggressive in pursuing medical things, that is just not even the main point because my trust is in him. And, and in his appointments here for me that are divinely appointed. And we don't know any of those numbers, and you don't either. You know, Norm rolled through a stop sign the other night, so that could have been the end for him, right? So my trust is in him and my focus is on him. But what I wanted to share with you is a clip that uh, came in last night just over my little GodTube channel. And I want you to see it and, and be inspired by it. So we're going to roll that right now, I think.
I'm so glad to share that with you because we need to sit in the truth of who God is and who he wants us to remember we are. And that doesn't mean that we are perfect. I have learned in the last few days I'm still a sinner. (laughs) And yet, I have been cleansed. The big questions are answered. They were when I was 15 years old. And so I have a place to go when my sin raises its ugly head. And I have a place to confess and to be cleansed and to be clean and to move on. And you do too. And God has so many purposes for each one of us in the room. And there's not time to mess around. We have incredible opportunities, what they've been talking about today. When I was growing up in the Bay Area, I'm still in the same zip code, 94303, always lived here. Lived half my life on one side of the freeway and half on the other, same zip code. And it was boring. It was boring growing up in Palo Alto, I'm telling you. But you know what? And I wanted to go out and see the world, and the Lord said, hmm, wait, child, I'm going to bring the world here. And so he did. And so we live at a time and a place that is so exciting. There are people, have you noticed how many people are crowding into every nook and cranny of this area from every corner of the world? God is getting ready to bless this area in such exciting ways. And you can sit on the sideline or you can be a part of it. I'm not going to miss a trick, not one. I'm not going to let the Lord Lord be robbed of one ounce of glory as long as I'm here. And I recognize that there may be even parts of my physical state that will change. I don't know. But I know that my value and my worth is set for eternity. And if anything happens to me medically or to you or in any other way, it does not diminish us for a moment. Our worth is secure no matter what happens. And so with that comes an opportunity for us to show off God. And I really hope that you will help me to show off God to a world that needs to see a different set of parameters, not just a bunch of success stories and everything going well and looking successful, but the deeper things that really matter. And so I'm looking forward to spending time in various hospital rooms and chatting up smart doctors and um, hanging out with patients who don't know the Lord yet, who are from remote areas of the world. And I'm looking forward to being around here, too. I wanted to share just a couple quick more things. One is that don't waste your time. If you have business with the Lord to cover, take care of it. If you have old hurts that uh, you have unforgiveness in your life, deal with it. We don't have time for this anymore. Let's, Let's be reconciled where there is sorrow and hurt and pain and be done with it and move on. Also, there are opportunities for you to get to know people here. I had an amazing experience just in June, right in this very room. I like, I like to serve communion, so my communion buddies and I all hang out over there. And one communion Sunday, it was meet and greet time. And I went up and I greeted somebody for the very first time and never met him before. His name is Jebba, and he's here today. And he had been in the, in the United States just like three days from India. And I, I met him, I, I talked to him, and something in the Lord said, invite him to lunch. That's not something I would normally do. I'd be like, oh, let's jam out and let's go and do some other things. But something said, invite him to lunch. So that day I said, would you like to come to lunch with me and my children and family? And he said yes. And within a half hour, we're at Peninsula Creamery. I'm giving him his first hamburger. It was good. And we were sharing our testimonies. And so Jebba has become dear to our family. And in fact... Two weeks ago, when all of a sudden I had these symptoms, Jebba was the first person who noticed and asked me about it. He said, Alyssa, something, right in this room, he said, Alyssa, something seems not quite right. And I burst into tears not knowing what, what was wrong. But the Lord put Jebba in my life in that moment because he knew I had a need. So we can look for God to be doing that among us. Isn't that exciting? Another, another quick story. I won't stay up here, I promise. But... Um, Another quick story is, in June, when I was uh, in Dallas, Texas, with Bible Study Fellowship, preparing to teach a class, which I've I've taught for 10 years, um, I ran into a a gal. There were three, excuse me, there were about 1,100 of us leaders, uh, BSF teaching leaders from all over the world. And this one woman um, saw my friend's name tag that said... uh, that said Mountain View, California. And she said to my friend, who's a teaching leader in the Mountain View class that you heard about today, she said, by any chance, probably not, but have you ever heard of a church named Abundant Life Christian Fellowship? 
And so my friend Lori Ramon said, well, actually, yes, I happen to teach that class. And my friend here, Alyssa, she's been a member of that class for 20 years. And so this gal, who is this teaching leader from, um, I've got it right here, right here. She's from Grace Community Church in Olympia, Washington. She said, well, you are an answer to prayer. I specifically prayed before this conference in Dallas, Texas, that I would run into you. And let me tell you why. And she said, our church has gone through a hard time. Not in, not improprieties, but we have lost quite a few um, pastors and, and uh, ministry partners uh, just for, for other reasons, and we've been hurting. And what happened was someone in our church heard about Francis Chan and heard that he was doing a teaching series in your church about the holiness of God. And so we started listening to that teaching series, and it has completely renewed our entire congregation. And if we had not heard about your suffering and what you were going through in, in California, then our church wouldn't have been blessed and completely changed where we are in Olympia, Washington. And it was just a miraculous thing. These things keep happening. So what I'm trying to leave you with is, look, listen, pay attention, don't waste your time. Follow up, invest, get involved, be excited, look for God and you will see him. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you. Thank you for letting me be a part of your morning. Alyssa, that was a powerful sharing. Um, I want to take this time in prayer, just real quickly. For those of you who are sitting here who has been diagnosed with cancer, I have cancer, but it doesn't define me. I'm healed because the Lord says I'm healed. I'm serving because I'm going to do it all the way to the end till Jesus says it's over. I try to live it out. I try to live it out. If you've been diagnosed with cancer, come to this altar now. I want to pray with you. If you're in remission and you have a testimony, come to this altar now. If you're standing for someone who was diagnosed with cancer, come to this altar now. Our God is so good. I knew this was real this morning when the sister who prayed during our prayer time, the Lord had said to me, pray for your brothers and sisters who have been afflicted with this disease. But I said, okay, God, maybe not. Because I didn't want to draw attention to myself or to anything, any one person. There's a brother in this church. His name is Aram. Aram, are you here? Praise God, Aram. Come here. Come on, brother. Aram has asked me many weeks. He says, Arshaw, I want to pray for you. And he hasn't gotten a chance. I want you to lead us in prayer, Aram. God is so good. If I can tell you from the bottom of my heart, and for my brothers and sisters who are standing here, we have no time to waste. I live each day like it's my last. I don't know if I'm here next year or the year after, but to God's glory, I want to live it to the fullest. So we're going to pray that we've had that eternal life. That's the life. We're going to pray with that victory because that's the blood that overcame. We overcame that. I want to live like that, Lord. I want to live each day to the fullest. Amen. Hear him? Lord God, you're the one we come to whenever we're in need. Lord God, in our weaknesses, you know our, our nature, Lord God. It's it's not eternal. It's, it's <clears throat> Lord, you're the one that can answer uh, our need. We just pray for each person.
person here, Lord God, for the struggles that they have with this disease, Lord God, or whatever disease, Lord God. We just ask through Jesus' name to drive it out, Lord God. Drive it all out, Lord God. Let these men and women be glorifying your name, Lord God, in their healing, in in the struggle even, Lord God, to be able to just manifest your greatness in this whole process, this whole challenge for their lives, Lord God. We just love you and adore you, Lord God, no matter what happens. And, and we just look forward to, you know, your blessing. You know, it's, these things are here for a reason, Lord. And we just want to turn those things, this challenge, this pain, this suffering, into glory for you, Lord God. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Be blessed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. The next thing I want to do uh, in this time of prayer, real quickly, is if everyone would stand up. This is the time we participate. Last week, we had the blessing of having Brother Andy Wood with us last week, and he shared a message about unity. And I thought it was a very powerful. He was speaking uh, to me in a lot of ways. And uh, in John 17, 21, it says, I pray that we all be one just as you and I are one and as you are in me, the Father and I am you. And that you may be in us in the world and they may believe you sent me. I pray that we be one abundant life. So I want you to turn around to the neighbor. Just turn around. Just swift around to the next row. No, no one row looking at each other. Facing each other. And I want you to pray for the unity of this body and the unity of the church at large for a couple minutes. Let's pray. Father, you are great. We pray that we be one as you are one, Lord. Draw us closer to your unity, Father. I pray we love one another. No big eyes, no little me's, just you, Jesus. Lord, you have a plan and a purpose for all of us. is true and faithful. You're a man that cannot lie. We're one body, one in the spirit. pray that we press in, that we always call on you first, praise your name, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I just have two things to say with you. Uh, Abundant Life, this house was built in prayer. I've said it lots of times, but I can't thank enough for Mother Hill, who has has exhorted us um, over the 25 plus years, her way before us um, in this church to to uh, to pray. So we thank you, Mother Hill, for all that you do for us and the intercessors who serve with her. I just have two things I just want to share with you quickly is that uh, in continuing to lay the foundation on prayer in our church, if you've noticed over the last couple months over this year, we've added congregational praying. And that's an opportunity for us to immerse ourselves more into praying together as a body. So that will happen on a quarterly basis. Um, And so I want you, when you see that, you don't say... We want to press in as, as a family together. Amen? Okay, so I want us to all participate in congregational prayer, but our brother said it earlier. It's not just praying here, which is great. Love it. But we've got to pray daily. We've got to have our personal prayer time. So I hope that this will be encouraging to you that we call upon the Lord and we pray more earnestly. And lastly, I want to share with you that uh, Pastor John talked about the Nehemiah Project and the time we're going to focus on in the book of Nehemiah. And... Nehemiah prayed fervently and without ceasing. You know what else he did? He prayed specifically about what God was wanting him to do and what he needed to do. So I want us to pray specifically and seek the Lord and to uh, use this season and time as we go through the book of Nehemiah to press in. Amen? Amen. God bless you all. Sanjay. We're almost uh, through the end of the service. We just uh, hold for a few more minutes. I want to call us to, to action. Uh, wasn't that an amazing time of prayer, brothers and sisters? I, I hope, Sister Hill, you are. this is your dream, um, to see congregational prayer come to the main service. Uh, we're going to do this a lot more. We can't pray enough. Uh, as we close out, um, I want every one of you, as you reflect on what you heard today, the things that you may have heard for the last 20, 15, 20 years if you've been here for a while. Or maybe you heard for the first time. And it may have had a special punch to it today. I want to call every one of you to become part of the body of Christ. Whether you're new here, I mean, for the first time, you've been here for a while, don't let this just be a coming in and out experience that feels like a restaurant. Where you enter into a deeper life uh, with, with Christ. You know, it's amazing when you look at the, the Gospels, there was no book written to the Bereans. There were books written to the Colossians, Ephesians, Philippi. But the Bereans, I think, often abundant life reminds me of the Bereans. Because you're not going to have anybody who comes up here who preaches, and you're not going to go back and check if it's actually the Word of God. Isn't that what every one of you are? Amen, brothers and sisters? And that's what we want to become, a, deep, a, a body that's seeking a deeper, deeper experience, not satisfied with the shallow. So as we close, I have a call to action. Each of you should have an index card with you in your hands. If you don't, raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. But I'd like you to get out your index cards and we'll bring up the question here that I want every one of you to reflect on. And write down for your own self. Don't need to write your name on it. Answer this question in the way the Lord spoke to you this morning. What specific way do you feel the Holy Spirit leading you to become a deeper part of the body of Christ? Hopefully, if you've been here for a while, it's at ALCF. But it's someplace. Become a part of the body of Christ. Don't sit on the exterior. As you become a bigger part of that body of Christ where you meet every week or during the week. Maybe it's your home group. And maybe for some of you, all it was, was you heard, I need to clean the inside of the cup. That's good. Write that down. Maybe for some of you, it is, I need to get more involved in the growth group. 
I need a plug in there because I need something outside of just the Sunday morning or Saturday evening. For some of you, it's a call or you want to get involved in one of the ministries. It might be outreach. It might be hospitality. It might be safari kids. It might be worship. You have a gift and you want to give back to the Lord. Whatever it is that you felt the, the Holy Spirit leading you to, write that down on this index card. We'll take a minute or two um, and just reflect on what the Lord has been speaking to you. Don't let this day go by without the Holy Spirit stirring in you. We're not called to walk alone, brothers and sisters. We walk even, I think about those two who are walking on the road to Emmaus and Jesus came in the middle of them. God does not want your walk to be lonely. He wants you to be walking as part of a body. He wants you to plug in so you can feel like you're important. You're important to Him. You're important to the body of Christ. Write down what the Lord is speaking to you today. And then as we sing a couple of songs that Anton's going to lead us, I'm going to invite as many of you as you feel free to come up and drop those index cards here right at the altar. You don't have to put your name on it. It's between you and the Lord. You'll make a mental note yourself. We're going to read every one of them because it reflects the heart of every one of you. We did that last Sunday. It was so blessed. We got 150, maybe 200 odd that came up here, left their index cards. Um, our shell is passing them around. The elders and pastors read and it blessed our heart. And we want to hear what the Lord is speaking to you. So we're going to take a few minutes and sing. And as we sing, feel free to write around on that index card and bring it up to the altar and offer it before the Lord as something that you want to take seriously before Him. Anton?
We still got time. Anybody, the Lord's tugging your heart. I know I was, um, um, I usually come up after the service and pray, and a couple of months ago, the Lord spoke to me to say, you know, you need to stand at the back of the church and just greet those who leave. So meet me outside today. That's been the stirring of my heart to get to know many of you, uh, to get to know more in my body, uh, in the body of Christ. I've had the stirring of the Lord to invite more new people to my home group that meets every Thursday for the last 10 years. That's my small church on Thursday nights. So the Lord might be calling you, every one of you here. It's just amazing to see so many of you offer your hearts and your lives as a sacrifice. I praise God. The testimony of abundant life is going to be when Jesus comes back, he says, I present you a spotless bride. Amen, brothers and sisters. That's what we want to be. It doesn't matter. I mean, we know we've been through a lot, but I got one verse for every one of you who's still dealing with maybe the challenges of the last two, five, whatever number of years. Forget the past and fix your eyes on Jesus. Forget the past. Fix your eyes on Jesus. That's Hebrews 12.1. Let go of all the encumbrances. Fix your eyes on Jesus. This is the body of Christ that I want to be a part of. Okay, I'm going to call Eric to close out the service. Amen. Let's praise the Lord this morning for what he has shared with us through the elders and the pastors. These are exciting times for our family here at Abundant Life. And uh, as was shared, we want to pray and say, Lord, how do you want to use me in this season?